You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I am your host, Stephanie O'Day. I am thrilled that in the studio with me today, I have Meredith Ethington. And Meredith is a writer and a blogger and a parent and an all-around wonderful person. So we are on episode number 79. And today, Meredith is going to share a little bit about how it is absolutely A-OK to be an imperfect parent. And actually, when you think about it, there's no such thing as perfection anyway. So I don't know why we're kind of running around trying to kill ourselves to just be this version that isn't attainable. And and I get it. Social media is kind of shoving it down our face. TV is... um, all of the different things, but Meredith has made an entire career out of writing about imperfection when it comes to parenting. And I would think that when it's all said and done, we really just want happy kids, healthy kids. And it doesn't matter if the sandwich was cut in a star shape with like lettuce aura about it and and all of these different things. And it's fascinating because right now I'm working as a school site secretary and I see these kids coming and I'm just going to use bento boxes as an example with these elaborate, like really intricate bento boxes and all of that stuff. And that doesn't make you a good parent at the end of the day. So Meredith, thank you for writing your book. I'm going to plug it right now. So it is called the mother load, and it is surviving the daily grind without losing your ever loving mind, which is absolutely (laughs) what I think we're all trying to do. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. (laughs) So how did you get started writing about imperfection? Well, I think in a nutshell, it was because um, I began I guess I'm a perfectionist at heart. This is part of my personality. And um, I became a mom and realized that was impossible. And I also realized that at the time when I started writing, there were a lot of people starting blogs, but there weren't a lot of people sharing about the imperfect parts of parenting. And it just was really important to me in my writing to be authentic and honest. And so I started writing about the hard parts. And that's when I had followers that started coming and people reaching out to me and saying, hey, thank you so much for talking about this. I feel this way too. This is really hard. I'm so glad someone said it. Yeah. So you started your website and it's called Imperfection, perfection pending, perfection pending, and it's a dot net, perfection pending dot net. So, so what was your idea? And, and, and I'm fascinated by this because I started my website as a New Year's resolution and I didn't want to buy a domain name. So it was a for free (laughs) blog spot. So, how did you 
just decide, okay, I'm going to do this. And in, and what was your story with getting that going? Well, actually, I started with a blog spot too. <laughs> I started back in 2007 when everyone was starting a blog. Mm-hmm. And it actually had a different name, but something along the line of imperfection back then too. It was called Faking Picture Perfect. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. And so that was my original blog name. And um, I wanted something that seemed more positive. So I switched it to Perfection Pending because I didn't like the idea of faking anything. What I wanted to do was be authentic and Mm -hmm. real and share that perfection is unattainable. So um, that's kind of how I got started. But my, my goal was just to share with other parents that it's okay to screw up and it's okay to make mistakes and say you're sorry to your kids and just own the parent you are instead of trying to be something that you're not. Yeah. So my friend Jenny Lauk, um, I actually met her through blog her and her site was three kids circus, but she and I were (laughs) friends before blogging started. So I had my first in 2001 and she told me, it doesn't matter what you do or don't do. They're going to end up in therapy anyway. So just just <laughs> enjoy. And that was such valuable advice for me as as a new mom um to just have. And and it doesn't mean that you're not trying. Like I try every day. I know you're trying every day. I have 3 kids, you have 3 kids. Mm-hmm. Um and then there there's a Steve Martin quote from Cheaper by the Dozen, which I love that movie. And um, and he talks about that at the end of the day, when you look back at your life, you really just want your your kids to know you gave it your all. And and that's absolutely. And that's why I think it's so important. I talk about this in my book, just to be authentic with your kids too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're constantly trying to um, be this certain type of parent and hold it all together and never show your emotions, and I just think that that teaches the wrong lesson. I think that kids need to know you're human just as much as they're human and you're making mistakes and you're figuring it out and that it's okay to say, hey, I screwed up. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting. And you write in your book um about yelling. And mm-hmm. and a lot of that goes around like good parents don't yell and and blah blah blah. And you I am much better than I <laughs> Me used too. to be. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's interesting is you wrote that your anxiety manifested in yelling, and that was such a light bulb moment for me to read, because I think that is similar to me too. When I'm feeling judged, when I'm feeling pressure, when I feel anxious, I, um, I lash out more than I wish. Absolutely. I, um, I have an anxiety disorder and I have found that the number one way I can like know that my anxiety is heightening is if I start yelling at everybody, because I think that, you know, yelling has its place sometimes with kids if they're putting themselves in danger or sometimes if you've said it 52 times and they're still not listening, it's impossible not to lose your cool a little bit. But I think that also it's, it's not really talked about with women that we have anger too. We have, um, 
you know, these big feelings that happen. And as the mom, we're often told like, you are the one controlling the dynamic of your household. And that's a lot of pressure. And you have the mental load that you're carrying and you have all these tasks that you're trying to accomplish and just trying to keep the calendar of your family's life organized in your head. It's a lot. And so anxiety is going to happen. And for me, yeah, that's how it comes out sometimes. It comes out as anger and frustration and not so much as like sitting in a corner rocking myself that you might picture with an anxious moment. But um, yeah, it comes out sometimes as yelling. Okay. So I agree with you and and I'm pretty good now at apologizing. Um to my kids and they're older and so they understand. But what does that look like? So if if you've got toddlers or little ones in the house and you lose your cool, what does it look like when you apologize to a little one? Gosh, well, my kids are older too, but I vividly remember moments when they were younger and I would lose my cool and just almost like breaks your heart to see their little faces looking up at you when you don't have it together. And for me, it looks like a hug, a kiss, mommy loves you. I'm sorry. I'm just really frustrated or just using terminology that they can understand and letting them know you can even say mommy's having big feelings right now. Mm -hmm. And I need a minute to cool down. A little toddler can understand that, especially if you're implementing things like time out for them or helping them get their emotions under control, they're going to be able to understand that surprisingly well. Yeah, I I agree. I am a huge fan of taking a time out for myself. Like I just need to (laughs) chill. I want to sit. I want to watch my housewives and I want to be left (laughs) alone. So, so it's interesting. So I enjoy naming feelings and emotions. And um, on the podcast, we, we talk about the, the kid emoji chart where you can pull it up and you can look at all of the different feelings and naming your feelings and validating your feelings. And then maybe when you're calm and ready, you can reach for a different feeling is helpful for toddlers. And I think sometimes um, on the internet and and with the, the perfection and the faking it thing, toxic positivity gets thrown around an mm-hmm. awful lot. That's not what reaching for a better feeling emotion is or a better feeling thought is. Toxic positivity is when you're really angry or upset or um, just frustrated and you're saying, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's okay, everything's fine, blah, 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 sunshine, roses. That's (laughs) fake. That's fake. But but owning your, your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions right now, coming to terms with them, and then starting to inch towards better ones. That's, that's real life. Absolutely. And I, um, I always joke that I'm kind of the half glass empty sort of girl. I tend to gravitate, gravitate towards the negative emotion before the healthy, positive one. And so it's something that I have consciously made a choice to try to get better at because, um, you know, I don't want to live in a negative space all the time. Nobody does. And I certainly don't want that to be what's coming across to other people about me either. Um, But I am all about owning whatever emotion you're having in that moment and then sitting with it, feeling it and being okay with it even for a moment. And then, yes, trying to figure out a way to get yourself out of that negative headspace. 
So when you are writing and and you're sharing these kind of like funny stories and, and different things, when when they're happening and you're writing them, do you have like a moral in mind, like like an, an analogy or a fable, or are you just sharing in the spur of the moment and then later your essay kind of comes full circle? Because I I love reading your writing and it's always kind of like this aha moment, but I don't know your <laughs> writing process of whether or not you, you have an end goal or if you're just kind of dumping I, words. Yeah, I think that's evolved over time with me. I think I used to write more in the dumping words kind of category, but now I try to kind of sit back and go, what is it I'm trying to say? What's the intention here? Because I can get in, you know, especially when you're talking about something like anxiety or depression or something really vulnerable or what some people might see as really negative or dark, you definitely, it's a fine balance for sure. Because I, some of those dark emotions are real and they hurt and they're, they come out in my writing as really raw. And um, I certainly don't want to project that in the world all the time either. So I think now I approach my writing more as, um, you know, what is my intention with this? And especially with this book, um, I will admit that it, the first draft of it, you know, when I just dumped all my feelings on the page, it was kind of dark. I wrote this during the pandemic, actually, and during a time when I was depressed and before I got my mental health under control because I... I felt like that's how this is going to come across as authentic. But then, you know, you start kind of putting it out there to other people and they're like, whoa, I don't, you know, nobody wants to read something that's just doom and gloom all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, I think now my mental health is so much better. I'm in a better place. I let that book sit there for two years because I knew it wasn't ready to be out in the world. And when I did start to you know, put it into what it is today, I really put intention behind what is the message I want moms that are struggling with their mental health, whether it be just the mental load and overwhelm or mental illness, what is it that I want them to take away from it? And then it just kind of morphed into what it is today. So when you were pitching it, did you pitch it as a memoir or like nonfiction personal narrative? Um, I would say more of the nonfiction personal narrative. Um, but at the same time, I was really careful. I didn't want it to be looked at as something that was supposed to be prescriptive mm -hmm. because I'm yeah, not, it's, a it's mental, not preachy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm actually in school to become a mental health therapist. Um, but I didn't, that's not what I intended for this book. I wanted it to be something that was more of like a, you know, a hug from another mom that, yeah, that that's that's really so if you're listening to this so it's called the mother load surviving the daily grind without losing your ever loving <laughs> mind by meredith ethington and that's how it comes across to me as a reader awesome. as, I love that. as as very been there done that i promise i promise that when older mothers tell you that this time is fleeting. It really is. And it doesn't feel that way when yeah. it's two in the morning and you're covered in vomit. And I love the story that you share of you and your husband passing by each other <laughs> with vomit soaked children. Um, <laughs> because I have been there, done that. Uh, we had a bout of food poisoning hit our house and, um, and I was 
I'm trying to think, I guess I was pregnant. And so I was vomiting. My husband was vomiting oh. and the, the two-year-old was vomiting. It's just literally vomit everywhere. And we were in this house and we knew we were going to sell it. And <laughs> I'm trying to like get it out of the carpeting. Oh gosh. The, like, and, and so yeah. I see that. And so I, I see that in your writing and it doesn't seem like it will ever be funny but it is. And it and it doesn't make sense that why would I look at that with rose-colored glasses now? But um I wish I could with, with the wisdom yes, <laughs> that I have absolutely. now. That I promise our, our finances will be okay, Steph, and the kids will be okay. And yes, they will get into college and it'll all be fine. Um, but at the time, it's it's horrible. Yeah. When you're in the trenches of motherhood, it's hard to laugh at some of that stuff for sure. And you can't enjoy every second of it. You just can't. And so at some point you have to embrace that idea that I didn't enjoy every second of it, but I did enjoy enough and that my kids know that they Mm. know that I soaked up what I could and that Mm. I loved them and that I did the best I could. Like you were saying, like that's the end goal for all of us as parents that may, yeah, maybe they're going to end up in therapy anyway, one day they most likely will, but it, and and also therapy is a wonderful thing. It's absolutely wonderful. Having someone listen to you and love you unconditionally and without judgment yes. is such a wonderful feeling. So, so it's, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I actually have a, a post that I wrote that was, I hope my kids do end up in therapy one day. Cause I do, it's helpful. Yeah. And it's, it's, something that just fosters growth and yeah, development and everything. So, you know, if they do end up, you know, complaining about you as a mom one day, it's okay. Because I think it, I think at the end of the day, they're going to know how much you loved them. And that's what's important. Yeah. So that is what's important. And then you also um, touched on my favorite word, which is enough. Mm. And you are enough right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people really take the time to just sit and marinate in that word. Um, Because when the world is going too fast and you're trying to do all of the things all of the time, a lot of the kind of negative chatter that pops in your brain is, it doesn't matter what I do, it's not going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. And that's such an icky sentence to have over and over and over again in your brain. And unfortunately, so many women, so many moms have that feeling. It doesn't matter what they do. It's not going to be enough at work. It doesn't matter what they do. It's not going to be enough. The house will never be clean enough. The kids will never be smart enough. They will never win all of the things that they're striving for. And it's okay. It it really, 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 really is okay. And, and enough, good enough, is is good enough. Absolutely. Our kids are not out there, you know, measuring each and everything we do. They're just not. They, you know, I love the the way that kids look at the world. You know, they accept things at face value usually and they certainly accept you as a mom however you show up, whether you're the mom that 
has bad days where you can't get up off the couch because you, you know, have horrible morning sickness or you're depressed, um, <laughs> you know, whatever yeah. it might be, uh, your kids are still happy that you are talking with them and engaging with them while they're, while you're laying on the couch. Yeah. So, so I did, I spent an entire summer laying on the couch. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, because so with my third, I had such morning sickness that the only thing that sounded good was in and out burger. <laughs> and so, um, so my older two, I guess we're, we're four and a half, five and eight. Cause they were the, the last two were five years apart. And I, um, it was summer and I literally laid on the couch and we watched, I don't know, Nick Nickelodeon nonstop yep. and then only got up to go get in and out burger. Oh, um, gosh, I love that. And they survived it and you survived it and everybody. Oh, and, and they look back on it. Remember when we ate in an outburger? Like they loved <laughs> right. it, even though I felt like I was failing. Yeah. 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 No, that's wonderful. Meredith, I just think this is such a gift that you are giving the world that perfection and, and filters and, and all of the stuff that's happening right now in social media that you, you can never be skinny enough. Your abs can never be six packy enough and <laughs> you can never have the perfect enough hair and, and just this breath of fresh air that you're providing that good enough is good enough. And I just greatly appreciate you spending the time writing this book. So one more time, it's The Mother Load, Surviving the Daily Grind Without Losing Your Ever-Loving Mind, Meredith Ethington. And where can people find you online? So pretty much everywhere. Um, my blog, like you mentioned, is perfectionpending.net. Um, perfection, well, a lot of my... Um, like Instagram is perfect pending and that's where I'm the most active is probably Instagram. So that's a great place to connect with me too. I do read my messages and my comments and try to interact with my followers as much as possible. You have another site where people can write in. Is that right? Yes. So I, I also own filterfreeparents.com and that is a contributor website where people can submit essays and I'm the editor slash part owner over there as well. So how does that work? Are they anonymous when they write in their essays um, or is this a way for them to get a byline? Yeah, they can get a byline and they can write anonymous if it's something, you know, they don't want to be public about. Then we do have a, a few sites, you know, a few um, essays that are anonymous on the site. Very cool. So where do you see yourself uh, like as a, as a grandma type person? <laughs> are you still going to be writing online? You think you'll still be writing books? I think so. Um, I am in grad school right now to get my master's in clinical mental health counseling. So I see myself as a therapist, but I'm also in my 40s. So, um, you know, I think writing and being a therapist can go hand in hand for sure. And so I hope I can continue to be an advocate for mental health and specifically for maternal mental health. That's where I see myself for sure. Oh, that would be wonderful. Well, very cool. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. You take care. Thank you. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. 
Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.